We've gotten angry at hospitals before. Somebody just comes well, over and basically chloroforms us, and now we're patients. I don't know. We didn't attack a nine-year-old. Maybe you, you know didn't. I mean? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are talking about the movie Orphan and the true story that may have inspired it, or true stories, I believe. Is it just Orphan? It's yes. not The Orphan? No, it's oh, Orphan. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I. this is a, a very timely. Yep. There's a new Orphan movie coming out. Right. If you're listening in real time, it has come out today, and I believe is able to stream on Paramount+. Plus. Good golly. Um, I think that's the case, right? Isn't that? I think I think that is right. I think it's one of these movies that's streaming and yeah. and in and I think it's the day. I think you're right about that. I'm just blown away how time works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I did write down a synopsis of the new movie. Okay. Um, I don't know if it makes sense to read it. <laughs> I guess I may mm, as well. Maybe I don't know. The sure. terrifying saga continues in this prequel. Right. So it's not continuing. Well, kind of. The The franchise is continuing. The franchise is continuing, but the story is actually an earlier tale. True. Um, which I believe is referenced in the movie Orphan. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little uh, uh, weird. Mm -hmm. And the strangest thing about it is that um, uh, the movie Orphan... I don't want to... Uh, I, I don't know if this is something you're going to talk about. Are you going to talk about the actress at all? Yeah. You are? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to me that so much time has passed and right. she's going to be playing the younger version of her character from 13 years ago. Right. And she is a grown woman. I know. It's quite a leap. It's like when Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. They were playing teenagers already and then they made a TV show called Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp mm -hmm. where they have to play younger versions of themselves, but they are 10 years older. Yeah. And that's a joke. Right. The yeah, orphan. They, they look older. Orphan First Kill is doing that as a movie. I'm right. very curious to see how that plays out. Have you seen any trailers or commercials, pictures, anything for it? Yeah. And I kept seeing people refer to the fact that they are using some sort of like forced perspective to make her seem yeah. shorter and, and, and slighter mm -hmm. the way that a child should look, which is like hobbit technology. Right, they're, it's all practical uh, effects. Like, yeah. they're not doing any de-aging, like, the Irishman sort of stuff. So it's all forced perspective, and everybody around the actress wearing giant platform shoes. Oh, is that right? Yes, there's oh, a wow. picture of, like, a few other members of the cast next to her, mm -hmm. and they're all wearing huge shoes. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes over, because... To my eye, one of the reasons why Orphan, the original, is interesting is that that actress was genuinely young yeah. and is doing and saying insane things. I did not know that she was actually young yeah. until after the movie. And then I was like, what the hell? It's pretty wild. I'm, I'm she, actually kind of blown away that she wants to return to this role. Because you you might almost, for a lot of reasons, you might look at a, a kid playing that role and think, 
something about this feels unhealthy or inappropriate to make this actress even do. But she's returning to it. I, I don't know. I don't know the story behind the story. I, I mean, I, I don't know any more than that, that she's back and seems happy with it or whatever. Yeah. Um, Friend of the pod, BJ Colangelo, who's one of the hosts of This Ends a Prom, wrote an article for Screen Rant about the uh, practical effects of The Orphan and Orphan First Kill, which is the new movie. And it's going to be linked in the show notes if you're interested. Very cool. Yeah. Love that. The actress is Isabel Furman, by the yep. way. I felt bad just continually dancing around not knowing her name. Yeah. But yeah. she's in, she's like an incredible yes. actress in that first movie. I am excited to see the new one mm-hmm. because of her. Like, I'm yeah. kind of curious to see how she carries the role 13 years later needing to appear younger. Right. It's pretty wild yeah it's pretty wild um so i think what we'll do is i will talk about the original movie and then you will tell us about some of the inspiration behind it sound Mm -hmm. good yeah sure thing all right perfect so you've seen the orphan right yes when did you see it what's your history with the orphan did you see it like right you know soon after it came out what's the deal i don't think i saw it in theaters Mm -hmm. i this feels to me like the kind of movie that i would have seen you know what is it 2009 on demand What were we calling it when you used to stream at home? On demand. Maybe I got a Netflix disc. Right. I don't don't know. Right. Um, But I remember, the thing I remember most about Orphan is people discussing what happened. Are we getting written to spoilers? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. I'll spoiler alert. People people, uh, talking about the twist Mm -hmm. to the story and how shocking it is. Um. And like even visually, some like effects they do right to enhance the twist, which are again just practical effects. Nothing, yeah, which is neat. nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. So I went into it. Exp- I went into it waiting for the twist. I remember that much at least. Right. And uh, I have to say, back then, I remember walking away from it and not remembering much about it. And I think I've gone all these years assuming that it probably didn't age well. Yeah. But I don't know that that's the case because at least, you know, being aware of like film Twitter and um, uh, seeing the things that people are saying about the new movie. There are a lot of people that are saying what I said of like, I can't wait to see how they do this. But I am seeing a lot of people share the sentiment that Orphan, the original, is really good. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little surprised by that. Not that I think it's terrible or anything. I just... Right. I almost forgot about it. It's weird that there's a sequel at all. It's extremely... It's 13 years later. Yeah. And I don't think it was a massive hit. I don't have the numbers, but, you know, I, I guess it did... It clearly must have done well enough. Who knows? I saw the numbers in passing. Mm-hmm. It was like... The budget was like $20 million and it made 80 or something like that. So, mm-hmm. like, listen... If I give you a dollar and you hand me $4 back, I'm thrilled. You are, but I don't... Kn- they very well could be. I don't know if Hollywood is, because sometimes I'll hear numbers like that. I'd be like, well, that's good. I know. And it's like, it was the biggest failure in Paramount history. And I'm like, oh, okay. There, so, there's The numbers, to my understanding, it's not a hard, fast rule anyway. Right. The numbers are given context of how people feel about the movie as well. Right. Yeah. Um. So I had never seen it until we decided to do it for the show. I've been aware of it. I already knew the twist and everything, and I wasn't really eager to see it. Uh, but, you know, I also wasn't like, oh, I can't do this. So I, I sat down to watch it. And the basic premise, spoiler free, is that there is a family. It's a mom and dad, a son and a daughter. 
and they adopt a daughter who they bring home and it seems they've bit off a little more than they can chew mm. because she's a bit of a troublemaker is kind of evil is it the bad and, seed right you know she's right. an evil kid right what yeah. are, what are we gonna do here uh the mom is vera farmiga from the conjuring movies the dad is peter sarsgaard and um and and yeah that's that's the basic premise yes. of it so if you're interested in seeing that and going in spoiler free and then continuing on to see orphan first kill later this week then i would pause it now do all that and then come back yeah, yeah because yeah. now i'm going to just explain the movie and i'm not even going to wait for the spoiler because i want to talk about how it I know we sort of need to discuss it. Colors all of it. But before you you do that, one quick thing: something that I enjoy that we do mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts. I've noticed. Uh, I listen to a lot of movie review shows. They'll wait to give their recommendation at the way end. You got to get through their entire right, thoughts true, about true. it to understand. Something that we do sometimes when we review a new Up movie front. on Patreon, we'll do like a spoiler-free section, and we'll just go, "All right, do you recommend it or not?" Before we even do our deep dive, as yeah. it were, do you recommend? The orphan that people see this. Um, I don't know. I can't really give it like a recommend. Yeah, I guess I recommend more than not recommend. All right, it's not. It's I didn't really like it. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I didn't dislike it either. I don't know. I, I'm very of two minds about it. I saw a lot of um, reviews. Or I saw something saying that there were a lot of reviews that basically said that the first hour is really good and tense and whatever, and that the second hour, the second half, starts to get kind of like sleazy and cheesy and like kind of like gross and too much. And I think I feel that way. It goes a little bonkos. Yeah. And I, I like bonkos, but like it feels like gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. You know? So I, and I knew it was coming, but even still, once it came, I was like, yeah, confirmed. Yikes. It's real it's real crazy, especially yeah. like it's it's as weird as it is to say, two thousand nine I know was like another world to some degree. Yes. It was, you know, four thirteen, fourteen ish years ago now, close to. I straight up don't think that that movie would be made like <laughs> I don't that. Think so today. Either. I just don't think so. I don't think so either. Definitely in the course of my research I saw at least one other person say that. Yeah. And I think that that's true. I mean uh, it's more for spoiler section, but there are things in it where I, I seriously, William, I absolutely thought that this entire scenario, the movie itself, and then Orphan First Kill, I thought it was all the crazier because I thought this was like, I don't know, 16, 18 year olds oh, in no. this first movie. No, no, no. Isabel Fern was 10 years old when they shot it's this crazy. and 12 when it came out. Yep. Um, so I, I thought it was somebody who was like kind of of age doing it, but just looking very young. And I was like, so she's got to be like 30 or something playing a seven year old now right. in the new movie. But no, there I, are. Yeah. I, you so know. when I was reading about it, I, I was like, this makes everything feel worse. Oh, 100%. like in the real life way, because it's one thing for it to be the plot of the movie. But now I know that the actress had to do this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I know. Um, I, I thought you were going to say you were shocked because you expected her to just be like a mischievous, rambunctious young girl. <laughs> no, I knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. I, I was spoiled at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely thought it was somebody who was, you know, at least semi of age. Yeah. I was, I was shock-a-roon. Distant, distant. Um, so do you recommend it or not? I know you haven't seen it in a really long time. I watched, um, I will say, I, it came up, or did he just do it? Did, did James A. Janice, did Dead Meat just do this kill count? 
I don't know. I haven't seen it. For the orphan, whatever. It popped up on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I don't know if it was new or old. Yeah. But I was like, eh, I'm not watching the movie. Eh, screw it. I'll watch this. It was great. Yeah. The kill counts were super fun. Um, But rewatching it, I was like, oh, man, I forgot that that's what this movie is (laughs) like. It's very brutal. It's very intense. And there's as much as I think that it wouldn't be made like this today, I do also look at some of the others, the non like, oh my God, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Some of the, the grittiness and the violence of it. I'm actually kind of blown away that it exists. Yeah. So to that extent, I'm like, kind of like, I, I don't know. It goes way harder than you'd think. Yeah. It's not bad altogether no but no but i think i'm with you i don't think it's like you know go out right now and go see it i don't right. know where you would go <laughs> you'd go get I your went, car drive to a, a, a long abandoned movie theater sit in the parking lot and watch it on your phone i guess he's <laughs> gonna make that exact same joke yeah exactly where yeah. are you going but uh i you know if i would say like if you've got some time to kill if your watch list has abated and you're a little curious about the new movie, and you're like, eh, maybe I should see the original first. Sure. And you got 425 to rent it on YouTube. Yeah, Which whatever. is what I did. Uh-huh, totally. Yeah, it, you you could certainly do worse. Yeah. Okay, so now let's go into spoilers. Here we go. We're going to spoil, spoil Orphan. is happening. Three, two, one. She's an old woman. She, but she's not an old woman. <laughs> I know. They almost make her look a little. years old. They make her. They add some sort of like shadowing. Like, I can't remember what this is called. Like, yeah. smile lines or whatever. She's supposed to be 33. Yeah. I think they're trying to make her look even older than 33. Like, I'm not that I look like so young or anything, but I'm 38 and I feel like I have fewer wrinkles than they try to make her look like she has. I mean, my skin is unblemished. I don't have any. I, there's nary a wrinkle to be found on this face. Yeah. You actually really don't. I, have, I, I got. I, I just, when you, well, it's a normal human face feet. that you move. Meh. But anyway. I, normal. What? This is an extraordinary human face I got. <laughs> but no, anyway, so it, you know, they adopt this young girl and it's not a young girl. It is a 33 year old woman yeah. who has infiltrated her home. And there's been a pattern of behavior where she poses as a young girl. She's supposed to be nine and goes into the home, tries to seduce the dad. And when he rebuffs her advances, Kills him and, like, kills the entire family. This is a plan that is doomed to fail. I don't think she succeeds once. No. That I, we know of. That we know of. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, like, I, there, it's been a string of homes. It seems like it would be hard is, to make a sequel to this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, there's been a string of homes that this has happened in. Right. And she has a, a Bible that has all these pictures of adult men in it. Um, that Vera Farmiga, her mom, looks at and just sees one guy's picture at first, so she thinks it's just her previous, uh, you know, Foster adoptee, yeah. yeah, family or whatever. Who are said but, to have died in a fire, I believe. Yes. We'll see in the prequel if they hold to that. I think I assume, so. I assume there will be some wrinkle. You know, it's going to be like, the house burned down, but the real fight happened down the street or in the woods. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it might happen. I think it might end with them dying in a fire. I think you got to subvert the thing we're told to some extent. You've got to hold to it because it said, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she was with a family and she tried to seduce the father and then the, they all died in a fire. You've got to right. do something that justifies a character believing that's the case. But I think, I think the job of a prequel is to somehow defy your expectations or be like, you thought you knew the story. There's a, a wrinkle or two that you need to understand of it that you're missing. I think there could be a rink, but I think it'd be really weird to just not 
do what was said happened. Oh, there could be a like, ring. How could they get away with <laughs> the family didn't die in a fire? Well, maybe the bodies were found in a burned house. And yeah. they say, oh, they died in a fire. But she killed them and then set the building on fire later. Oh, you know I mean, that's that, fine. That sort of I, I hear you. That's okay. I thought you meant that somehow like they get they away. They froze to death. No, like <laughs> no. They, they get away and they're not no. really dead or something no, no, like no, that. No, 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 no I, I yeah. hear you. That makes sense to right. me. Um, so that's, that's the spoiler premise is that this is what happens. So listen to everything I'm saying, not that I won't mention it, but with that in mind, this is, this is a grown woman, uh, but a 10 year old real life child playing. Isabel Furman was 10. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so this family who recently lost a baby, um, before she was born, decide to go down the route of adoption and they have a daughter who had who is has hearing loss or may fully be deaf um and they also have a son and they go to an orphanage and meet this little girl whose name is esther and she's dressed like really really like weird and frilly like a cutesy little girl from the 1800s or something yeah and she has a velvet ribbon around her neck and around each of her wrists that they are told that the, the orphanage, like, she refuses to take those off. Like, it's just her thing. Um, so they, they bring her home. It's all good. And then just kind of unnerving things start to happen before anything super major that sort of make them wonder, like, wonder about her, her past and her history. Um, she catches, Ver- the mom and dad, Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard, celebrating yep. in the kitchen. And then when the mom goes to talk to her about it, she's like, oh, I know. You were effing. And she's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like she's using that A bit word frank, in surprising. context and everything. Um, what else happens? That's just sort of strange. Oh, she um, she's getting piano lessons from the mom because the mom is like a a pianist or composer or something. And she acts at first, like she doesn't know how to play the the piano. And then the mom walks in on her, like playing like a full concerto beautifully. And she's like, why didn't you tell me that? And she's like, because you were having so much fun teaching me. It's just kind of eerie. Yes. Um, Odd behavior. Yeah. Individual. Everybody says things that, you know, might be out of context or weird or tell a little white lie. But this kid that they don't... They really don't know really anything about know, her history. And a million little lies start right. to add up and just feel uncomfortable. Right. So they reach out to the nun who works at the orphanage that they got her from. And she's like... Or maybe she reaches out, but I'm not sure. They talk on the phone and the nun is like, Oh, is everything fine there? Everybody getting along? And she's like, Yeah. Um, and then the nun says, you know, some, it turns out some things have happened around her. We don't know that she did them or anything, but the family that she lived with last died in a fire. Uh, maybe there's one other incident. And then that leads the mom to be like, there might be some behavioral things that are kind of strange. So the nun is like, oh, let me come to your house and see her and just kind of like, I guess, feel what's up. And we'll try to do a little bit more research. And so Esther, the little girl, sees that the nun is there, is there eavesdrops and hears them talking and tell that they're being like something is up here and she's like i can't have this It's too cushy so i was surprised by this that she ropes in the the sister the little girl like right away i had assumed that there would be a lot of like bad things going on and we know it's esther but maybe everybody else doesn't know for a while esther shows her cards 
extremely quickly. So not she, all of them. I mean, she holds back the big well. She holds back the I'm, big one, but she shows yeah. that she's evil. She shows she's evil. Yeah. So she um, brings the sister outside with her, and they wait for the nun to leave in her car, and then she pushes the little sister who has the hearing loss in front of the car so that the nun like you know like swirls around her car to avoid her and then esther goes up to the nun and kills her with a hammer in front of the little in front of the little kid and then says to her like grab her other leg and help me and drags her back and she's you know saying to the little girl who can read lips to a degree and i think here to a very 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 slight degree um, and mostly can, you know, communicates through ASL, but is like, I don't know, something bad will happen yeah. if we don't do this or whatever. And the girl's just scared and doesn't know what to do. She's younger than Esther. She's obviously a commanding presence. And so they drag the body away to hide it and put the evidence, which is Esther's coat and the hammer and some other things up in the brother's treehouse. And Esther realized that the brother saw her. So then that night, in the middle of the night, the little brother wakes up and Esther has like gardening shears next to his genitalia and basically says, I'm going to cut it off if you tell anybody what you saw. Yeah. And it's like super hardcore and the kid's like, oh, God. Yeah. All of the, like you would expect almost like most movies, like it really is the bad seed, right? Yeah. And there's sort of like a a little uh, suspension of disbelief or, you know. You almost go like, well, she couldn't possibly be evil, right? Even though you right. think she's gotta be. But yeah. it's all, it's usually this story would be like tons of smoke, but no fire. Right. This just goes, no, 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 fire, 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 fire. Immediately, which I yeah. appreciate. Yes. Actually. Uh, that's what I meant before when I was like, it goes harder than you think. Yeah. Like right off the bat, there's no ambiguity yeah. about whether she's bad. And, I, like I said, I'm surprised that there's not even ambiguity for some of the other people in the house. It's I really almost figured, refreshing. Yeah, it kind of is. So it's the definition of get to it. <laughs> yeah, they sort they, of just get to it. They really jump right in. So she basically is starting in on a campaign, a campaign to make the mom look crazy. We don't know at this point. Like I said, we don't know that she's an adult. We don't know that her motivation is to get to the dad. Um, but she can sense that the mom is on to her, uh, not, you know, not knowing that there's this overarching plot, but the mom knows something isn't right with her and is like, I feel like this girl's dangerous. There have been things going on. She also, um, threw like a bully classmate off of a slide and that girl broke her leg. I think it was. And, like, people know that Esther had something to do with it, and she says that the girl fell, but, you know, people think she pushed her. She knows that stuff is up, and so the girl, Esther, starts just doing stuff to discredit the mom and make her look like she's nuts. So one day when the mom is dropping them all off at school, um, the little girl is still in the car, and Esther and the brother have gotten out, and Esther has slashed a hole in the bottom of the brother's backpack so his books come spilling out so that the mom will get out of the car to help him. And then she runs back to the car, puts it in neutral, and takes off the emergency brake mm. so that the car just starts sliding backwards, um, like past the school driveway, into the road. And, you know, the mom is running after it. There are other people running after it. And luckily, 
doesn't hit anything and just kind of gets lodged in a snowbank. So it looks like the mom, the mom has already been seen as erratic a little bit, a bit because she's telling the dad, like, something's up with Esther and he's not really seeing the evidence and yeah. she just acts totally normal and fine around him. So he's like, I don't know, you're acting weird. You're acting weird. Now you're being reckless. Right. right? And it's also established that she, uh, had quit drinking and so there's a little bit of a a veneer at first of like could she have started drinking again and that's part of the thing which then esther really cements because after um an escalation of esther making the mom look like she's irrational which is that one time when things were still good the mom was taking esther through their greenhouse and they have Actually, I thought this was really sweet and a nice idea. Um, they had like a little patch of white roses that had a plaque for the daughter Jessica that had died before childbirth. And she told Esther, um, that some of Jessica's ashes are, have been sprinkled in here. So it's like there's something still living of her yeah. and that these roses mean a lot to her. And, uh, you know, Esther is kind of like, planting the idea that mommy doesn't like her to the dad. And he's like, well, maybe you just you just need to do something nice together. Maybe do something nice for her or something. And Esther, deliberately knowing that it will drive her nuts, cuts all of those roses and gives them to the mom, who freaks out because yeah. she knows exactly what Esther is she doing. She knows that Esther did it intentionally. Right. But people might be like, well, she's a kid. Right. But she, she didn't know that cutting those flowers would upset you, but... Obviously, she, she did. She totally did. And so she, which this isn't right, she grabs her arm and kind of like, she kind of like th- throws her to the ground or they tussle or something. And it's really not that bad. She, not that it's good. I think you all understand, but, yeah. um, it's not like she broke her arm, but Esther breaks her own arm using a vice so that it looks like the mom that broke I her arm. Yes. Wow. That. She goes into, you know, the workshop or the garage or whatever and puts her arm in a vice, puts a towel in her mouth and breaks her own arm. So she'll self-harm to keep up the ruse or to, it's not really to keep up the ruse. But to make the mom To, to keep to separate. trying to get rid of yes. Vera Farmiga. Yes. Jesus. To put okay. space between them. Yeah. And so after that incident happens, um, you know, she's, they go to the hospital, the whole thing. And she's like, I want to sleep upstairs with you, daddy, tonight. And he's like... Maybe you should sleep downstairs tonight to Vera Farmiga because she's like scared of her right now. And when she does, when he does that, she goes to the liquor store and buys two bottles of wine and comes home and pours uh, a glass, but doesn't drink it and just dumps it all in the sink or whatever. And then I guess puts the second bottle of wine just somewhere else. And then Esther, having known that she must have spied on her, they don't show it um, at some point off camera shows peter sarsgaard the dad that she's drinking again yeah so now it's like a pattern of like really reckless kind of out of character behavior and maybe she's drinking and that's sort of fueling it so it's working she's on this kind of tear to make the mom look unreliable and not well and it's it's all happening it's all it's all it's all happening coming up roses for esther that's right so one day while the while the mom is at school or with the while esther's at school or something the mom goes snooping and she finds that bible again and this time rather than just taking the one picture that's almost sticking out like a bookmark of that guy who she assumed was the dad she flips through and she sees all these guys and she's just kind of like i don't think she knows what to think of it and she turns it over and it says the sarn institute on the back of the bible 
So she calls them thinking that this might be uh, like an orphanage that she came from in Russia is what the story was. Um, because she's still been in communication, even though that main nun, even though the head nun died, yeah, yeah. she's been in communication with another nun from the orphanage a that she did. Nun. A backup nun. You gotta have a backup nun. It's just smart. Um, she has been in communication with a ba- with a backup nun from the orphanage that yeah. she got her from. And uh, so she calls, she finds the info for the Sarn Institute, um, finds somebody who speaks English, and they're like, this isn't an orphanage. This is a mental institution and in Estonia, not in Russia. Mm. And she's like, what? This doesn't make sense. And <laughs> she's, she's like, let me send you a picture of this little girl and tell me. She was thinking maybe the mom was in the institute or something. So she's like, tell me if she looks familiar or anything. And, you know, is going to wait to hear back. In the meantime, uh, the, the brother and sister kind of have a little a little convo about Esther. They haven't really been able to, because she's kind of trying to keep them from being alone together. It seems like oh, okay. so that they, she's they controlling can't. everybody and everything playing it like a fiddle. I don't know how she's it's like doing living this. with jigsaw. It honestly, she's truly everywhere. It's like living with a from pretty little liars. Uh, she's everywhere and she can do everything. All right. Um, but so one night she's in the bath or something and they talk and he's like, you know, she's doing all this bad stuff. We got to tell mom and dad, do you know anything that we can show them to like prove to them what's going on? Yeah. And she signs to him that there is evidence in the tree house. He's like, all right, we got to go check that out. But Esther was at the door. <laughs> so then he does go to check it out and the evidence is gone. But Esther comes into the tree house and is like, huh, looking for this boom and has the evidence. She's like killing 101 burn the evidence she doesn't say that but that, that's a good line though thank you you can use that in your own screenplay oh i can't wait mm. orphan second kill yeah um so then she... which would be this <laughs> right because it'll be my remake of this is the prequel to orphan boy right. that would be confusing <laughs> orphan second kill just confusing enough to drum up interest yeah. in my project uh-huh. yeah. and get everybody to invest in it that's a good plan and says. give me their millions to eat pretty sneaky as my dinner um so i'm gonna eat your millions yeah what (laughs) nothing we're gonna make the movie now (laughs) (laughs) um so she has lighter fluid and she starts burning the clothes and like kind of like trails the lighter fluid at him so his shoe goes on fire and he's like uh, uh, my shoe my shoe (laughs) and then she leaves through the treehouse hatch and he's trapped and it's all burning up like crazy this is kind of happening while Vera Farmiga is still like researching some stuff about the Sarn Institute. And so she looks outside and she's like, oh no. And the <laughs> Not kid... a moment of rest. <laughs> no, no. She went from researching the Sarn Institute to glancing out the window and seeing that her son's in a burning treehouse. Exhaust. Tough week. Tough week for Vera. Yeah. So he's able to get out. He falls quite a length though. Mm. And, you know, it's all not good. So they have to go to the hospital. And they're all waiting outside the hospital. And at one point, you know, a doctor is coming by while they're in the waiting room to give them news. And they're like, you know, he should be okay, but he needs to rest. And she says, will he be able, will he remember? Will he be able to tell us like how this fire started? And the doctor is like, uh, we're not really sure yet. He may be able to, he may not. And then like Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard walk away. I think she's going to tell him about the Sarn Institute or something. And it's uh, Esther with her grandma who was there 
Wait, what? I know it doesn't even matter. And it doesn't matter really Astro's at all. a grandma. Well, it's Peter Sarsgaard's mom who came to help. Okay, okay. Because like the mom is acting weird and stuff, so he's like, I need a little more. A need real a little help t- here. Here's a twist. Yeah. Esther, the little girl, is, is actually an grandma. old lady, oh, and right. the grandma who shows up is actually a little girl. That's what's going to happen in Orphan Second Kill. Oh, man. Spoiler See? alert. It's a reimagining. Mm-hmm. Killing um, 101. Always have a grandma to pin it on. That's right. So she's like, can I have a soda? And the grandma's like, they wanted you to stay here, but then caves immediately. Yeah, and then <laughs> I was shocked at what happens. She she goes to the kid. She gets in his hospital room and tries to kill him again. She puts a pillow over his head and he flatlines. How is she going to get away with all this? That's what I'm saying. She can do anything, Esther. She's a rabid dog. She truly is. So he flatlines and I, <laughs> by myself watching, I know if a few times I out loud would be like, holy crap. Holy crumbs. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this movie's crazy. Ryan! <laughs> I'm scared. Here comes it with me. <laughs> Come sit with me. <laughs> um, he flatlined, so I thought he died. And I was like, yeah. God, this family is really going through it. Yeah. But he luckily hasn't died. He still has a pulse. And um, I don't know, man. She shouldn't have stopped. I guess not. <laughs> well, I guess she thought he was dead because he flatlined. That's how you kill someone. No. But then they come in. They're like, he still has a pulse. Like, It'll probably be okay. I thought she taught Killing 101. <laughs> I know. I know. She needs to look at her own syllabus. She does. So, but, you know, the family's aware that this happened. And he flatlined and everything. And Vera Farmiga loses it again. And it's like, you killed him! And, like, pushes him down. <laughs> and then, you know, they're, like, protecting the scared little girl. And, like, the hospital guy comes by and, like, injects her. And, you know, she's going to be kept at the hospital overnight. So now it's just Peter Sarsgaard going home with Esther and Avira the Farmiga daughter. Farmiga is... Yes, Because she, she's flipping out. She gets sedated. Yes, because she, like, attacked the little girl. <laughs> okay. Seem, you know, for everybody else. Is this like, a... That's what they do to you, like, in, like, one over the cuckoo's nest. Yes. I know. And this Not if you get be... angry at a hospital. I know. They can't drug you and think keep so. it's just, you. You know, it's a medical hospital i know that like i don't know how it works. can you imagine how that would work we've gotten angry at hospitals before somebody just comes well, over and basically chloroforms us and now we're patients i don't know we didn't attack a nine-year-old maybe you, you know didn't I mean? <laughs> <laughs> saw this little twerp looking a lollipop and i punched him right in the mush yeah. feel my pain give me that <laughs> it cannot be only mine ah. um so peter sarsgaard goes home with <laughs> esther and the daughter and then this is where I, I, I knew something happened. Yeah, I, I didn't know what or anything. It, it, it the, Here's the crazy thing before you say it. Yeah. As psychotic as this is, it makes a sort of internal logical sense. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But where the disconnect is, it's all the real world stuff. It's that totally. this is Isabel Furman, 10-year-old. I know. And the, it's the not... The character logic is... If this were like a book... This were like right. a Hannibal Lecter type villain, right? And you're you're in her head and understanding her motivations. Oh, and, and by the way, she has a moment where she gets to be like, "I'm gonna be myself now. I'm gonna be the version of me that I'll never actually get to become." Right. That would it would you can infer those things from the movie, but you can't. At least I couldn't divorce myself from looking at a little girl having to. Act well, here's the thing. Like I said, I thought it was like a 16 to to 18 year old. Right. And even with that. 
just the subject matter of it, not in the real world. I, I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. Because certainly this you know? is, because the other thing is this, this is a real sort of like thing that, that people sometimes experience. It's like a pituitary gland. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, I didn't say what it is. It's, it's hypopituitarism. Yeah. So there are, you know, I think very famously, I don't know if it's literally that condition, but like, I think famously we're all aware of, of like, you know, uh, actors right who are playing little kids but are actually like like far beyond the age of a child like i think webster yeah right that's a, given like a 70s or 80s reference point. right but, but this is like a condition that people can have where they look they present as children but actually they're older it's a form of dwarfism but it's called proportional dwarfism okay. so it, it really is just kind of you really do just look like a child without any other um, different distinguishing characteristics. Yeah. You know? I yeah. know representation in general is like a gigantic topic right now, but just mm -hmm. also like, would you feel different about this movie if they had cast a performer who does so. have this condition? I think I would if, and maybe more reasons, but just off the top, if for no reason that it would mean that, it's not a 10 year old doing uh, this, uh, doing what you're about to say. Yeah. And, and the other side of it though is like is but there also it is yeah is there something that's exploitative i know in nature about this story to say that like here's here's a here's one of the only representations i can think of mm -hmm. in pop culture of someone with this condition I not know. not a person with this condition playing a character this is a character who has the condition and we're saying they're psychotic and they're a killer and they're weaponizing their condition I mean, there are a lot of things about this movie that people, I think, rightly take issue with as yeah. far as representation. Um, the representation of, like, adopting and sort of your approach, because there are some lines in the movie that are not really cool okay. about it. Um, also, just kind of stereotypes of, like, Eastern Europe uh, European yeah. people. Eastern Europe peepees. You got it right <laughs> the first time. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of uh -huh. not good going yeah, on. for sure. But so here's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, so, here's, here's what she does that we're, we've been dancing around. Kristen has to say it now. I know. Uh, so. Say it. <laughs> no. Get to it. She, she goes home. She changes her out. Well, no, she, actually, she takes a dress of Vera Farmiga's, I guess, and, like, cuts it to fit her puts on like a buttload of makeup the dad is downstairs housing that bottle of wine they show that he like finishes it entirely and like smoking a cigarette he's letting loose it's been a tough day yeah he's and he, a party yeah and he thinks the kids are like in bed you know yeah. what i mean mm -hmm. so he is like pretty wasted and she comes down and has like super thick eyeliner on like red lipstick on this like low cut short dress and like sidles up to him and is basically hitting on him let's just yeah. say that seducing him yes and like yeah. it's not shot like a cut of her a cut of him like that girl actually did that stuff and like there's something implied that i'm sure she didn't do there's a, a hands to genitals implied really yes oh, i rewound it because I, I was like wait am i right and for sure. I exclusively remembered it as a we can see where this would be going type of scene. The they they nah. are on the couch and she like uncomfortably like cozies up to him. Yeah. I don't think they kiss. No, no, no. No. She kisses him on the cheek, but they don't kiss. I don't no. remember them touching. 
Well, she's cozied up to him. Okay. And um, she says, I love you, daddy. And then he's, she's like, I really love you or something like that. And she says, I hate to tell you. She, she says, like, let me take care of you. Okay. And then, yeah. and he's like, what? And then they show, it's from far away, but like they show her hand kind of, and they show him really? look down. Oh. And then okay. go like, Jesus Christ, Esther, like, what the hell? And she's like, stop treating me like a child. And so she doesn't go as far as saying I'm not a child, but like you can start to, I, I, he's wasted. He's, start, he's, he's probably starting to just be like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Does the audience know at this point? No. Okay. Uh, so he's just like, oh, God, what the hell? Like, get away from me. And sort of kind of like concurrently, um, what's her name? Vera Farmiga gets a phone call while she's in the hospital. She's awake now. And it's from the Sarn Institute. And they're like, do you know where this person is right now? And she's like, yeah, she's home with my husband. And they're like, get him out of there right now. Like, you need to get away from her, whatever. And they tell her that she is a woman named Lena, who's 33 years old. And that um, she has a history of, of violence and that she's killed multiple times yeah. and um, that they had to restrain. Oh, they, they say on the phone, does she have the scars? And she was like, what scars? I don't know what you mean. And they said that they had to restrain her because she was so violent and it and she fought against the restraints so hard that it caused scars on her neck and wrists. And so that's why she's always wearing those ribbons and stuff. And so they show her, I guess, run upstairs rejected by the dad. And she starts taking off the makeup that she was wearing. And I actually didn't get this from the movie. I got it from reading IMDb. I guess it's we're to understand that she's also just been wearing makeup this entire time oh, to okay. cover up. Like, like I said, she's 33. I mean, it's not crazy wrinkles, but to cover up like wrinkles and signs that she's older than she crazy appeared. wrinkles is my clown name. That's a good clown name. Um, I, I remember. It's a sudden I'm crazy wrinkles. I'm crazy wrinkles. Um, I paused the TV on something that had the credits and said wrinkles schminkles. I thought it was somebody's name, but it was the sponsor of that show. I think it was The View. Wrinkles schminkles. <laughs> Produced by wrinkles schminkles. <laughs> I, I hate like, myself what? and I hate my name, but I love this show. <laughs> I love the view. Um, so, yeah, so she's taking off her makeup and she's looking older and older, partially because she's she's smearing like black all over yeah. her face. So it's making her look more and more gray. But they do. I read they also gave her prosthetics. They do emphasize, I guess, these smile like lines, lines like yeah. by your nose and mouth or whatever and crow's feet and everything. And then she takes out these fake teeth that she had to reveal teeth that are like really not in good shape. That's what I remember. That was yes. the thing that somebody had told me about is that you see her like old lady teeth. And I was like, what are you talking about? I know. And, and then even watching the movie, it's just that like she wears like fronts or veneers or something and her real teeth, she just doesn't take care of. Like um, so, yeah. So, so you're like, oh, wow, she is older. And they show her unwrapping um, her chest because she's been wrapping it to look really flat. And she puts on, I'd like to know how long she's been holding on to these. Have they been traveling place to place? She puts on a pair of like flare jeans and like a long line black off the shoulder sweater. Okay. I guess this is what she's most comfortable in. 
And now, now she, that she's comfortable being her true self, right? Yeah. She's like, I may as well put in my comfy, put on my comfy clothes, my killing in, clothes, my killing clothes, my off-the-shoulder sweater. Nothing, hey, that's my lucky killing. <laughs> nothing more practical. My lucky killing sweater. <laughs> so anyway, now she's yeah. on a rampage. The mom is heading toward the house to try to stop her. She kills the dad, stabs the hell out of him. She does. Peter yes. Skarsgård does not. No, get out alive. no, he doesn't. Okay. Um, she kills him. She's like stalking the little girl around. And the mom comes home and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fight. They're kind of stalking each other. They, you know, she gets in a stab at the mom, yeah. um, locks her out. It's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. And she is eventually, after much push, push pull, able to kill her when they end up outside on a frozen lake and they both fall through. Um, you know, first Vera Farmiga gets out. She pulls her back in. She like stabs her again, whatever. And finally, they they both come out and it's that uh Esther is hanging on to Vera Farmiga's leg and she's like, Mommy, don't hurt me or whatever. And Vera Farmiga says, I'm not your effing mommy and kicks her in the face. You see her neck and head just go like total right angle. Oh, real like definitely can't definitely. come back for a sequel. No. And only a prequel. Yes. Would do. Right. Yes. And falls into the lake dead. And that's the end of the movie. That's how The Ring 2 ends. I know. I'm not your fudging mommy. I know. I didn't remember that, but it also said it in the IMDb trivia. Really? Yes. I, it was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. I haven't seen The Ring 2 since I saw it the first time, like, when it came out. <laughs> oh, you should look at it. No, it seems like it sucks, right? Well, you know, it's very long. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you should look at that. But so that's it. I mean, that took a long ass time. I know. So. I'm glad it did, Kristen, because yeah. I don't even want to talk about the real life stuff. I'm not even kidding. I, I, I wish that we had. Okay. I wish I, I actually have a teeny bit more that we can talk about. Oh, please. If you want to skip the real life stuff. No, no, no. We'll do it. Oh, then do it, Will, because we're. Yeah. Then do it, Will. Okay. <laughs> then do it. <laughs> then do it. Hey, everybody, go to patreon.com. Oh, God. Yeah. Go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Yeah. If you're enjoying the show, enjoy it even more. Uh, consider backing us different layers. You know what Patreon is. Yes. Tears and stuff. Whatever works. All you that. get shows back. It's a party. Right. Come make a party with You'll us. You'll love it. Make a party. We looked at haunted eBay stuff this past Monday. This coming Monday, we're going to finish mm-hmm. um, Fatal Frame. Yes. Not the entire game, but the arc that we're yeah. on. We're going to complete it. We're going to move on. Yeah, it's um, But enjoy it. Tons of stuff up there. Super fun. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also streaming uh, a decent amount more. And yeah. I've got a lot of like writing and fun projects online. TheMythTraveler.com. Super cool. Okay. Um, tell me your one more thing. I want to hear your one more thing. It's just production stuff. It's, it's really not a big deal. It's Oh, who was the key grip? Yeah. No, I was like, why are Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard in this? Because it's, you know. I I was shocked that it's They're pretty actory actors. Sure. And actually, at this time, the next year, she was nominated for an Oscar. She's great. I I really think she's wonderful. She has said that she wanted a paycheck. Okay. And then she's also, a, they're performers. This absolutely. is a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One million percent. Um, but also there's some speculation. I, I, there was nothing that was evidence backing it up, but I thought it was an interesting idea that, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, well, this is true. Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the producers of this movie and that Peter Sarsgaard and Vera Farmiga may have wanted to do it because of his involvement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder why I wonder why he's involved. I would imagine he has a production company. 
or yeah, something probably like does that. Just like I don't think it was necessarily stuff. that he was like that's interesting looking at this and thought it was so incredible. I mean, who knows? But it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. But his production company was involved, and so they may have wanted to do it because of that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so I looked at some of the real life stuff. There is one case that occurred before this movie was made that a lot of people refer to as like the inspiration for uh, Orphan. And maybe that's the case. It, the timeline seems very tight. Uh-huh. It seems very close. It was like 2007. And then this movie comes out in 2009. Certainly possible. Certainly possible. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, so I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you about a more recent case. I'm going to make those quick because mm-hmm. the details make me feel bad. Yeah. And I don't like feeling bad on this show. No. Um, and then I'm going to tell you about something stupid. Great. And we'll enjoy that. Love that. So let's talk about the one that everyone says is the inspiration for. I'm not saying it's not, but who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. This is a story um, that uh, confused the hell out of me. There are so many details. It's like, it's similar to the movie where it's like, this is, she is adopted here, but we find out that she came from there, but she really came from there. Yeah. And she was with a different family in this. Like, it's sort of, un- this story unfolded similarly nonlinear mm-hmm. for me. So I'm going to give it to you the way I experienced, because it confused Le- me, okay. and I want to confuse you. Great. I have a headline from uh, 2007. A nationwide search on Norway... For a 13-year-old Czech boy reported missing from an Oslo children's home, exposed... What? It exposes a bizarre case of identity theft. Turns out the boy was actually a 33-year-old woman who had spent four months posing as a schoolboy. Oh. It's late 2007 in Norway, It's a double whammy. It is. A young boy named Adam has gone missing after spending three months at this school. Uh, and now I've got some data for you from metro.co.uk. This is the original article from the time that this was breaking. Okay. In mid-December, Adam disappeared from the Oslo Children's Home in Norway, prompting police to launch a nationwide search and publish photos of the missing child. Because of these photos everywhere, tips eventually led for them to find uh, the, the kid um, in the Arctic city on Trom- Tromso. Okay. It turns out, again, not a 13-year-old boy. Yes, a 33-year-old woman. Yeah. Named Barbara Skrlova. Okay. All right? So they finally find Barbara. We understand that she was uh, masquerading as a child. Um, Adam. Mm-hmm. That was the name she was going under. What's confusing here... And some of the big questions that are raised that I don't have terrific answers for. Adam seems to have been a real kid at some point. Oh, okay. There was an Adam. People, I've read people referring to the real parents of the real Adam. Okay. Helped her get into that school. What? And then I just wrote down what was in it for them. Right. What were they do? Why would you help? My child goes missing. Here comes somebody claiming to be them. Do I believe that it's them and I'm helping them get into school? Everything here framed it as they aided and abetted her, which implies that they knew this is not our son. This is someone else. Whether they know she's a 33-year-old woman, I don't know. Right. But they got her into the boarding school. To what end? Okay. Have you ever seen... (coughs) 
a documentary called The Imposter. <clears throat> I've heard of this. Okay. It's incredible. I may have told you about it. I've watched it a couple of times. And it is somewhat similar um, in that, like, a, a kid goes missing and then they seemingly accept <clears throat> this person who's is pretty clearly not a grown-up version of the missing kid. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. Maybe grief just makes you do weird things sometimes. Sure, yeah. Uh, or it certainly does. Um, there could be other motives at play. Just it's not. It's extremely strange, but it's not completely unheard of. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're, I don't you're, think it, ha it maybe has only happened these two times in history. Who knows? Who knows? But but it apparently has happened. Yeah. So here's where it gets even weirder. So Barbara Skrlova, who had just been masquerading as Adam, right, is sent back to the Czech Republic. Because that's where she did this once before. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Even before Adam, she was up to this kind of thing. So here's the thing that I don't want to get into the details of because it bums me out. Great. I will give it to you at 10,000 feet. Beautiful. In May 2007, so it was just months before she becomes Adam. Yeah. She links up with a woman named Clara. Clara lives beside... Like, like literally houses their neighbors. Um, her sister, Katerina, mm -hmm. lives next door. <coughs> oh, must apologize. <clears throat> Clara has two young sons. And for some reason, she adopts a 12-year-old girl named Annika. Okay. Annika is, of course, Barbara Skrilova. Right. Annika, Barbara, seems to immediately start targeting the two sons. And through this very complicated, wishy-washy series of horrible events, uh -huh. eventually Clara locks her two sons in the basement in cages. Oh, God. I hate this kind of thing. Keeps them I mean, down there. that's a stupid there, thing to say, but you know what I mean. Starving them. Yeah. Torturing them. Cannibalism is involved. The oh boys God. are still alive. Oh, my God. To this day is my understanding. Uh-huh. Nightmare. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. 10,000 feet explanation. Somehow, Barbara Skrilova, 33-year-old woman pretending to be a 12-year-old girl, Annika, uh, is in tight with Clara's sister, Katerina, who oh seems God. to know, seems to know that this is not really a young girl. But is working with her against her sister Clara to keep those boys in the basement. They also are uh, saying that they're, that Annika's doctor, mm -hmm. uh, an anonymous doctor, is sending instructions on how to treat the boys in the basement. All this horrific stuff. Right. And all those texts are later found to have been coming from Katerina's phone. So it's 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 very puzzling and confusing, but basically Barbara Skrilova seems to have been puppeteering this situation, mm -hmm. manipulating these two women against each other to keep those boys in the basement because it enabled her to get to have a power and attention and to become the focal point of Clara. Yeah. Who I it seems like she almost wanted Clara to be her mom. Right. You're gonna take care of me. You put your boys in the basement. What the crazy part being that her sister Katarina seemed to know that this stuff was going on and was fine with it. The even crazier wrinkle this comes from English.radio.cz. 
eventually, a number of adults in this case are thought to be linked to a secretive cult allegedly founded by Barbara Skrilova's father, whose whereabouts remain unknown. The question on everyone's mind is whether Barbara Skrilova was, as she maintains, a victim of abuse or a willing participant, and yes, the mastermind of it. So... God. It boggles the mind. Yes, it's boggling. But the Barbara Skrilova case, mm-hmm. as insidious as Orphan was, as you described it, with Esther the Mastermind, yeah. this is way gnarlier and yeah. horrifying and real. and real. Oh, God, I hate it. But like a cult and kids in cages and pitting family and doing it in multiple places, it's just mind-boggling. Oh. Um, the crazier thing, how it all came to light, is that they move... They end up moving because the doctor says you should move over here or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Clara uses a baby monitor to monitor the boys in the basement. Uh-huh. And a different and some guy living nearby has kids and his bo- baby monitor picks up the signal. Oh my god. That's so that how this how... case got figured out. Yeah. Wow. He saw boys in cages on his baby monitor. Oh my monitor, god, that's so scary. And the whole thing came to light. The likelihood of this is insane. It is nightmarish. Mm-hmm. Um so that's what people say might have been the inspiration. Here's the modern day thing that's real wild. 2019. Yeah. You know, I remember hearing something about this. I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I do remember something in the last few years. Just a few years ago, Natalia Grace. This is the story. So, uh, and this comes from BuzzFeedNews.com. I'm just going to straight up read this p- portion to you. Uh, Christine, and links in the show notes, all of our sources and everything. Christine and her then-husband, Michael, adopt this girl, Natalia Grace, um, believing that she is six years old and has a form of dwarfism called spondylopophysial. The condition, which affects the uh, someone's spine, can result in difficulty breathing, early-onset arthritis, weak joint mobility. They've got other kids as well, and eventually they, the, the, the parents... Um, it seems, from what I've read, that it is specifically the mother of the family, Christine, gets it into her head that their adoptive daughter is actually a grown woman. Mm-hmm. They end up moving and leave Natalia Grace behind. They rent out an apartment for her and leave her alone. Uh-huh. As they move far away, they have to travel for one of their other kids who's like a physicist or something, doing something out in- incredible somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they leave Natalia Grace behind. What's wacky is... A year after they leave her behind, she, Natalia, tells someone, my family abandoned me. And they get charged with, yeah. like, it, like abandoning a minor. Yes. Even wackier, it turns out, two years after they adopted Natalia Grace, they filed papers with a judge to investigate her age and legally had Natalia Grace's birth certificate updated to say that she was not born in 2003 she was born in 1989 uh-huh. so they legally had this person's age changed from nine years old to 22 years old thereby making her an adult right but that didn't stop them from getting charged with abandoning a minor get ready for the twist i feel like chelsea and i we're kind of following this when it's this real happened. Wild. Uh-huh. It's real Chelsea wild. Chelsea Weber-Smith of American Hysteria. So, here's the real wacky twist. It seems that Natalia Grace 
might actually be just a kid. Just a kid. Uh-huh. Um, this comes from Screen Rant, who talked about this now. Um, screen Rant's a lot today. You're right, yeah. So the Barnets are charged with two counts of felony neglect of a minor. Christine, the mother of the family, still maintains that Natalia is a dangerous adult running a scam. And that their incident does not constitute child abuse. Michael, who is now divorced from Christina, claims that the couple knew the entire time that Natalia was a child and that Christine convinced everyone to lie about her age. Natalia's age is still up for debate. Legal action is still ongoing, whether to reverse the changes they made to their birth certificate, to, to Natalia's birth certificate. Um, and when asked about the case, Christine specifically referred to the 2009 movie Orphan, saying, quote, the movie Orphan is exactly what happened. Man. So, was Orphan inspired by a case of a grown woman actually masquerading as a child? And did it then inspire a case of a grown woman accusing a child of being a grown woman? Ugh. I don't know. Now, oh, I did promise you something awful. wacky. Yes, it's all, it's all, all of it is just people treating each other horribly. Yes. It's all just like real life misery. So here's something oh. that's uh, slightly yeah, more palatable. Um, uh, so here's a Batman character Great. named Mary Doll. Great. Um, she uh, is known as Baby Doll, and she's born. Uh, yes. She's born with systemic hypoplasia, a rare condition which kept her from ever growing, meaning that she spent all her life looking like an adorable little girl. I remember her from Batman the Animated Series. That is correct. I think she was created for that show and did not escape that show. Hmm. But uh, she, um, uh, do you want the sad, should I tell you the sad thing about her? No. All right. <laughs> do what you will. Do She's you blowing will. stuff up with dynamite or TNT sticks uh-huh. or whatever they do in cartoons. Yeah. I love this show. I just don't remember. Yeah. But at, uh, the, the way the show ends is they run into a, a circus, like a fun house of mirrors. Mm-hmm. And she ends up looking at, like, funhouse mirrors make you look funny, right? Yeah. They give you, like, a wobbly oh, short body. no. She stands in front of a mirror that makes her look tall. God and, like, it. the adult she'll never get to become. And she eventually, and she realizes, like, what am I doing? What have I become? Yeah. And she sort of just, like, turns herself in. One, I'll give you one more dumb thing, though, about her. I think she comes back in another episode, and she's friends with Killer Croc. Who is a man that is a, also a crocodile. That's good. So that's kind of neat. That's kind of fun. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> All right, everyone. So that was Orphan. Yeah. If you're into it, go check it out. Yeah. Um, you can probably have a satisfying double feature with First Kill now. Uh, because if it's, it's good. out if you're, yeah, because <laughs> uh, I've heard it is good, actually. Okay. I've, I've heard it's like, just like leans into being super campy and over the top. Yeah. I read, else? I read one review, um, okay. but they liked it. Yeah. I'll be curious to, to see it. I'll, I'll yeah. check it out. And it was a reviewer I like, I believe his name is Richard Newby. Sure, and I believe, about Richard yep, Newby. that's mm-hmm. who I talked about in the episode of Nope on Patreon. Yeah. Speaking of which, I so mean. So if you got any newbie nuts out there, that's yeah. where Kristen talked about. Your boy. Your boy in the episode of Nope on Patreon.com slash GTTUpod. As Will said before, you can go over there to support the show, and we have a bajillion episodes that you will get access to in return. We actually have a number of different tiers, so you can choose whichever one works for you. And we have a Discord you get access to. We actually never talk about it. You get early access to the episodes every week. Because we put up the YouTube link in the Patreon, and you can revisit that yeah, we until don't do that the for, show comes in out. In public, you can watch us record. And then we make it 
We make it private. Private. But if you're in the Discord or in the Patreon, you can mm-hmm. you can rewatch the the live streams to your heart's delight. You can see old you know pre shows and post shows yep. and stuff. You get to see the whole schlemole. Yeah, a lot of people watch yeah. the episodes early because of mm-hmm. that. Uh, so yeah, go to Patreon.com/slash GTTU Pod if you'd like to support us. And thank you so much to everybody who does that already. And I hope you'll join those people in good company. Yeah, please consider sharing the show. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends about it. Write some tweets. Post some stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll also say as much as uh, I. I love seeing the Apple Podcast reviews. I did just notice Spotify has a review system now. Mm-hmm. And we've got a ton of like five star reviews or whatever their system is. It's yeah. like it's really good, which is fantastic yes. to know, but I never paid attention to the to the Spotify yeah. ratings, but I will now. So uh if you use Spotify for your podcast, please consider going in there and uh, uh give us a rating one to five stars guess which one i want <laughs> we got a 4.9 in spotify that's pretty damn good that is pretty damn good so wherever you listen to podcasts please review it because i know everybody says it but it's totally true it really does make a difference and i think um, it's useless yeah <laughs> but do it <laughs> do it anyway i still think you should spend your time figuring out how to do it and do yeah. it but it's a, it's a great way to support the show. That's right. Follow at GTTU Pod on all social media and also follow us. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler at mm-hmm. a dot com onto that sucker and you can read some of my writing. That's right. Maybe lose the at, I guess. True. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week for more bizarre stories that baffle, bewilder, and bemuse. That's right. But until that time comes, we <laughs> must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Um, <laughs> is there any age besides the age of nine or ten at which you could have pulled off posing as a ten-year-old boy, do you think? At one point, did you stop looking ten, passably? Eight. <laughs>